to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. I want to talk about, uh, since that's the way we're headed, kingdom, kingdom finances this morning. Okay, take your Bibles, go to Malachi chapter 3. I want to show you some things that will change your way of thinking as far as giving and as far as finances, because it's kingdom things. Since we're in a democracy, things are done different than a kingdom itself. So as I study the kingdom more and more, I see different ways of thinking that are kingdom thinking, different ways of doing things that are kingdom. And I found out the more I get aligned with the kingdom of God itself, all these things continually be added unto me. Hallelujah. All right, Malachi chapter 3. You've probably heard this before. Verse 10. It says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough for you to receive it. Now, when I was growing up and I got in the church and I gave that large sum of money away, (laughs) have been sewing ever since, basically. I worked two full-time jobs at that time. I worked two full-time jobs at the time. Ushers! Ushers! Where are you guys? Leave the money alone and get in here. <laughs> okay, at the time, when I worked two full-time jobs. I was a travel agent during the day, and I was a waitress at Brown Derby at night. So when he gave that huge money, I was like, oh, my God, that's so much money. And we've really had nothing for 30-some years now but Roman noodles for supper. It's a while we put ketchup on them to make it look like it's sauce. But we're getting by at this point. Okay, let's go back to Malachi chapter 3. Notice, when I heard this scripture and I was growing up, basically, when I got born again, I always tithed, and the reason that I tithed was to open the windows of heaven and getting a blessing that I cannot contain. How many of you ever thought that? Is that what it promises? It does, don't it? But notice, that's not what the verse says. Look at it again. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and then prove me herewith. So whenever there's an and, and, it means it's connected to the verse before it. So basically, a kingdom principle is, if you tithe, the windows of heaven are automatically opened up, and they pour out a blessing for you. But notice the tithe was not to get the windows of heaven open. The tithe was actually so there would be meat in my house. Say meat in my house. Now, some of you come up here and say, oh, we have Pastor Tom, and he teaches such good stuff, and he teaches such good hard meat. He does. Now, why is there meat in this house then? Because there's tithers. Come on now, follow me this morning. Because there's tithers in this house. Wherever there's tithers, there's meat in the house. Where there's not tithers, many times there's not meat, maybe even not milk, in that house. Why is that? Because that pastor's running around working four jobs to try to keep his ministry afloat and keep it gone, and he ain't got time to get in the Word. He ain't got time to pray. He's just trying to keep his ministry afloat. 
So that's why there's some milk churches out there. But meat, what does it do? Your tithing causes meat. See, what you're getting from me is your fault. Come on. Is that what the Bible says? Yeah. What you get from me is your fault. Because when you tithe, it allows me to do what I do. And I read the Bible all the time, except for three hours a week, I mow the yard. It's the only time I take away from it. So another what it says here. The principle in the kingdom of God is you never really do anything to get something. In other words, we give because we are givers, and our nature is to give. So we do not give so God opens the windows of heaven. Giving automatically opens the windows of heaven, and basically we give so that there is meat where? In the house. So we are givers by nature. Say, I'm a giver by nature. How many know God's a giver? And we have his nature, so we're givers. All right, go to Matthew chapter 10. All right, Matthew chapter 10, look at verse 41. Jesus is speaking. He says, he that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive what? A righteous man's reward. Now here, once again, it's talking about principles in the kingdom of God. He that receives a prophet just because he's a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. In other words, I don't give money to a prophet because I need a word. I don't give to a prophet because he may allow me to speak in his church sometime. I give him to a prophet simply because he is a I give to a righteous man, not so he can do a righteous prayer for me. I give to a righteous man simply because he is a righteous man. Look at the next verse. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I shall unto him, he shall no wise lose his award. So why do I give a cup of cold water to another disciple? Why do I take somebody out to lunch and buy them lunch? Do I do it because I know I'm going to get a lunch back? Do I, so everybody tells me what a great guy I am? No, I do it simply because they are a disciple, period. They're God's disciple. And what's so important about that? Because whatever you do to the least of my brother, you do to me. So whatever you do to someone else who's in the kingdom of God, you're doing it not to get something. And, and Christmas has really messed us up. How many of you know that? Because you've got to give a gift. And if you give a gift, you should get a gift. And if somebody gives you a gift, you weren't going to give them a gift, how many know you better give them a gift? Because we got on the give and gift, give, 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 give. But the kingdom is not give that way. The kingdom is we are givers, and we simply give. And we're not expecting anything in return. But when we do that, we activate kingdom principles. So when I tie, I activate the windows of heaven being open and pouring out a blessing upon me. When I give to a disciple, it's just like giving to God himself, and I'm not expecting something in return. I'm giving it to him simply because he is a disciple, a righteous man. Praise God. All right. Whatever you do to the least of my brothers, you do to who? Me. To me. So in the kingdom, you never come into God's presence. Here's another principle. You never come into God's presence or a king's presence without a gift. How many know that's in the kingdom? Sure. So when you go to a king, you should have a gift to give to the king. All right. Look at Deuteronomy 16.
You're going to get some stuff this morning if you stay with me. I'm telling you. Deuteronomy 16, look at verse 16. Three times in a year you shall all thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose in the feast of the unleavened bread, in the feast of weeks, in the feast of tabernacles, and you shall not appear before the Lord empty. So what's it telling you? Whenever in a kingdom someone comes to a king, they should bring something to the king, a gift to the king, or an offering to the king. All right, go to Exodus 23. Right, Exodus 23, look at verse, let's look at verse 15. It says, Thou shalt keep the feast of the unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded thee in the time appointed of the month of Abib. For in it thou camest out of Egypt, and none shall appear before me, what? Empty. Empty. So once again, what's it telling us? Telling us whenever we come to the king, how many know who our king is? Whenever we come to the king, we bring him a gift or we bring him an offering. That's the way kingdoms operate. That's not the way the world operates, but that's the way the kingdom operates. All right, go to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, look at verse 1. And when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born, what? King of the Jews, for we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Look at verse 11. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother. They fell down, worshipped him, and asked him to pay their mortgage, to get him a new car, to increase their bank account. In Jesus' name, amen. No, look what they came to do. They understood it, didn't they? They came, fell down, worshipped him, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented or gave to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Why is that? Because back then people understood kingdom. When you come to a king, I don't care if they're 5, 6, 7, 25, 105, you bring an offering to that king. That's what you do in a kingdom. All right, go to Luke chapter 6. All right, Luke chapter 6, are you there? Look at verse 38, Jesus is speaking, he says, Give, and it will be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men pour into your bosom, for with the same measure that you measure with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now notice what it does not say. Give, 38, give, so it is given unto you. It says give, and it will be given unto you. It doesn't say so, I gave, so it would be given unto me, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and quoted that scripture over and over again. But that's not what it says. I don't give so I get. I give, and my giving activates a kingdom principle, which is it's going to be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Now, why? Why, why would that happen? Because a king, a true king, cannot be outgiven by someone who gives him a gift. Come on, that's good right there. So what happens? When I come to the king, whatever I give the king, he got to do better 
he got to give more. So God says, go ahead, give. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to press you down. I'm going to shake you over, and I'm going to run you all over the place, praise God, with stuff. Because I'm a king, and you're not going to hurt my reputation. You're not going to make me look weak. You're not going to make me like I'm not a king and can't do anything. So I'm going to have to give you more. Come on. When you tithe, he just doesn't open the windows of heaven. He pours out a blessing upon you that you can not even contain. Why? He ain't going to outgive God. I'll tell you, people, say, people say, you can't outgive God. He won't let you. You're absolutely right. He can't allow you to do it. He's a king. He has to give you more than you give him. It's a must. So whatever you give him, whenever he tells you to give something, if you give it, you're going to get more. I guarantee it. He ain't going to hurt his reputation. He ain't going to have you going around saying, well, I gave $10 to somebody only got one back. God just didn't do anything. That darn God. Yeah, he's sovereign and everything, but he only gave me $1. God can't afford that from you, man. So when you give and he tells you to give something, how I many of you know he's going to give you pressed down, Amen. shaking together, running over? He don't have a choice. He's got to. He's a king. And he's got to give you more back than you give him. All right, go to Luke chapter 5. Kingdom principle. Say kingdom principle. Now, how many know it's a lot easier to give when you know he's got to give you more? And other than quoting the scripture, give and it'll be given unto me, press down, taking it, running over. Well, why is he going to do that? I don't know. I was just in the book, and I'm just trying to get some money because I need some money, so I'm giving, and it's given unto me, press down, taking it together, running over. But when the principle is he's got no choice. He has to give me more than I gave. He doesn't have a choice because he's a king. Right, look at Luke chapter 5. Look at verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at that word, I will not let down the net. Or I will let down the net. And when they had done it, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Now watch. If I was Peter and understood the kingdom, really understood it, and Jesus wanted to use my boat, as soon as I gave it to him, I'd have stopped washing nets. Why? I'm going to need those nets. I just gave something to the king. And the king going to have to give me something back better than what I gave him. I might as well not wash my nets because something's going to happen here pretty soon. And notice, Jesus told him and asked him to use his boat. Peter just didn't give him his boat hoping he would get something. See, and here's where a teaching like this throws people off. Because not once they want to throw money at everything and God's giving more money back. Not if God didn't tell you to throw the money there. See, that's why you follow God with your finances. That's why you've got to stay in tune with him. So he's got the boat there, and Jesus goes out in the boat, and as soon as Jesus gets back, he's not going to be out giving. You let me use your boat. Now you, you get your nets ready, and let's, let's go out there a little bit. But notice, he would have never got the net and given it out. He would have definitely sent the nets out, but he didn't know how it worked. So he set one net out. And the problem is the king was giving back, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. And his boat started to sink. Overblessed. The poor guy got overblessed. He didn't know the kingdom. He didn't know what was going on. And all once he's getting all these fish and he got no room in the boat. Hey, help me! Help me! Help, help me. Simply because he didn't know the way the king operated. See? Jesus knew what was coming, said, so You better get them nets out there. I'll throw down one net. See, some of you all throw down not enough nets. 
See, once you give, there's a response, isn't there? There's something going down, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So he gave, and notice, Peter did pretty well, didn't he? But, but you can't base your decision on what to do from the natural realm. Well, I've tried this before, and it never worked, but I believe God's telling me to do it now, but probably not. Well, if you believe God's telling you to do it now, you better do it now. I don't care if you fished all night and didn't get a thing. You just do what God has told you to do, and he's going to give you a lot more than just using your boat for a little bit. And how many know everything in this world God owns? But how many know you're the steward? So we all have, whether it's a boat or money or this or that, we have things, and God it from time to time is going to require you to use some of the stuff he's given you to use for somebody else. And if you continue to refuse to do that, how many know there's no reply at all? But if you do use it, you can expect, man, what's going to happen. He's not going to let you out give him. It's going to be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. All right, go to 1 Kings chapter 10. All right, 1 Kings chapter 10, look at verse 1. And the, when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, how I many know Solomon was a king? Concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with her hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train of camels and bare spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she had come to Solomon, she communed with him in all of her heart. Look at verse 10. And she gave the king, how I many know she came with a gift and an offering, and 120 talents of gold. My Bible says $691,200,000. Okay, I mean, that's a good gift. Yes. <laughs> of spices, very great store and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as these, which the queen of Sheba gave to who? So she came to King Solomon. She said, I'm going to a king. I've got to take some good stuff. See, you don't want to take bad stuff to the king. I'm going to take good stuff to the king. So she'd taken her best stuff to the king. So look at verse 13. And King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all that she desired whatsoever she asked. Besides that, Solomon gave her his royal bounty. Well, why did he do that? He didn't have a choice. He's a king. He had to give her more than she brought to him. So he had to give her out how many, you know, he had a bigger bounty than she did. So it doesn't matter how much bounty she did to him. He was going to outbounty her. Are you following? So gave it all back. Now watch this. So God comes to Solomon. He ain't going to get outdone by Solomon or Sheba. He says, Solomon, whatever you want, but all my stuff, come on, it belongs to you. Why did he do that? He had to. He had to outgive Solomon, who had to outgive Sheba, because they were both kings. So he gave Solomon anything that he wanted. And I mean, and what did Solomon say? Does anybody know that story? Maybe you should have read it. Wisdom. wisdom. He asked for wisdom. My gosh, what an idiot. <laughs> Ain't that what you think? How dumb can you get and still breathe? My goodness sakes, he's going to offer you everything. But that's what he wanted. He wanted wisdom that no one else could get. So basically, what was it? Is it without a king again? A king was giving. A king had to be outdone. Had to be outdone again. Had to be outdone again. All right, go to Psalm 100. So you are a giver, you're a giver by nature. You just give. You don't give anything in return, you just give. And when God tells you to give, you give. You never come to the king empty-handed. 
and you cannot outgive the king. All right, Psalm 100, here we go. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, O ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord is God. It is he that has made us, and not we ourselves. And we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Hallelujah. So at 1030, every Sunday morning, we come here, and we're coming here to enter into the presence of the king. So why do we start out with praise, worship, and thanksgiving? Because the pastor wants to? Because every other church does? Because it's a good idea? Because you think you can sing? No, because we're entering into his presence... And we're bringing him a gift, and your gift of praise, worship, and thanksgiving can either be a golden or it can be a medal. Come on, you make up your own mind when you come in here to enter his thing, and you're bringing him that gift. How do you praise and worship? But done yet? No, no. We're entering in, do you see? We're bringing him a gift. Thanksgiving, reverse it, giving thanks. So we're giving him thanks, aren't we? We're coming into his king. We're coming in. And then after that, we do something called the hugathon. What is that? That's an opportunity for you to give to one of his disciples who may need a smile, may need a hug, may just need a kind word, may just need to know that somebody cares about him, somebody loves them, somebody thinks something of them. So what are you doing? You're giving to one of his disciples because everyone that you do it to in here, you're doing it to him. And what it is, it's all part of giving. It's all part of getting done. It's all, and what do we do right after we do the hugathon? Usually we take up ties. Why do we take up ties, basically? To make sure there's meat in the house, but also we're giving to the king again. And then comes the word of God. And the word of God is not milk. It's not coconut milk. It's not cornflakes. It's not, no, it's meat. Say meat. Because we follow the pattern of what the Bible tells us in a kingdom to do. So we enter in with thanksgiving. You bring a gift. Whatever gift you bring is totally up to you. I like singing up front here because it makes me not have a choice. You see? When I used to be back there and I used to play music up here, my mind, it's hard to get off a sermon when you got a sermon. So I'm thinking of the sermon doing this and saying this and saying that and going over and over and over and over. When I get up here, I can't do that. I can actually praise and worship him. And I know the sermon's ready, but you never... You, any of you guys that preach don't ever think it's ready. You're still waiting on new revelation right up to the last second. All that does is confuses you before you're done. And, I, and then you're mad because you only gave one half of what you thought you'd give. And that was probably more than you should have gave anyway. You should have gave a quarter of the half that you gave anyway. So, yeah. So when I praise and worship, I can get all that stuff out of there. And I can actually praise and worship because I want to bring him an offering. I'm entering into a king. Now, now if I do that and, and, I, and I bless one of his disciples and I tithe, he has, he has to bless me in the areas of my life more than I have blessed him. You see? But we don't do it so he blesses us. We do it because we're givers. That's what we do. We give to people. We bless people. We help people. We look to people. We don't come empty-handed into the kingdom of God. We don't come empty-handed. Even in your prayer time, if you want to pray, just start out by thanking him a little bit. Yeah. Right. Give him a gift first, you know. 
Tell him how good he is. Tell him how great he is. Then go into the word of God and read it. What, what's going to happen? He's going to have to bless you again. It puts him in that way, praise God. So it's got all to do with the giving process, but we do not give to get. I was always under the impression I give to get, and I use scripture to do it. I give. Why? So to be given unto me. But there's no so in there. I couldn't find it. See? It's not in the scripture. It was in my head. It was in the teachings that I heard. So, yes, to give unto me, press down, shake it together. No, there's no so in there. I give because I'm a giver. I tithe because I'm a tither. See? And there's no so in there either. It's and. All these ands means you're just activating kingdom principles and kingdom laws in your life. They're going to work. You don't have to worry about them. And you just go with it. But as you're a giver then, you're doing something to the king. And the whole kingdom of God is about you giving and the king giving you in return. And always giving you more. Praise God. He always does. It doesn't matter how much you give. Now, if you start just throwing money all over the place to try to get him to give you more, you're going to end up broke. See? Why? Because you still got the wrong attitude. You're giving to get again. You're giving to get. I'm just going to sow everywhere. Well, so those people you sowed to are going to be very happy, but you're not when your next bill comes because you gave away all your money. So you follow the king. You follow the kingdom of God. People, and I'll tell you, you've got to follow in this day and age. How many of you know every time you pull up to a stop sign, you've got 14 people sitting there with cups wanting money? So now you can see why some people will come to a church like this, stand there and sleep during the praise and worship. Hugathon comes, they'll hide in their chair. Time to tithe, they throw in two cents. And then they leave the church and say, that Pastor Tom, I don't get nothing out of his sermons at all. I'm telling you what, he's just the worst preacher there ever was. Because you're not in a position, do you understand, to receive the revelation that God wants to give people because you're doing everything wrong, praise God. So glory to God. That's why we do the things that we do. Praise God. shall be added on.